Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is April 27th, 2016. Uh, looking forward to a big night. Uh, we're supposed to have Bob Case on. Uh, hopefully uh, Bob will be calling in here in a few minutes. Get a chance to chat with him. Of course, we have AD, Anthony Davis, five-time national champion at the USC. Uh, we're going to talk to him about, uh, I see, around 845, 850, and uh, get caught up on a lot of things that been happening in the world of sports with both of them. Uh, it's been great. Uh, let's see, I think we, were, we weren't on last week, so... Uh, it's our first week back uh, since the death of Prince, uh, which was big news last week. And uh, I'm sure we might uh, touch on that a little bit, uh, get some thoughts from AD on, on that, and uh, maybe even Bob also. We want to thank you for tuning in, and uh, we're going to take our first break. You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network, and we're going to be back. Let's see, let's see what we're going to listen to here real quick. Well, uh, Acidic, The Big Bang, back up to this. I'm dying from these doses, it's psychosis and remarkably untamed. But it sits in every image, thundering while I'm convulsing under skin. But face down in the sand, set on fire. Th- so we got Bob Case calling and jump right in on this. Hey, we'd like to welcome back to the show our good friend and colleague, Bob Case. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing good, Keith. I, I, am I a little early? I just realized it's 8.03. That's all right, man. Everything it, okay? It, for you, it's, uh, we can always adjust our schedule, brother. How you doing, man? Oh, that, that's, I'm doing great, Keith. I'm just having a good time down here in Los Angeles and uh, enjoying the weather. It's real windy now. So Yeah, it's been, been windy the last couple uh, couple days. Yeah. Maybe about a week now. But... Uh, Hey, you know, uh, I, I wanted to get a chance to chat with you. We, we, we talked uh, a couple weeks ago, and, uh, you know, there have been some changes over at USC. I know you got your, your finger on the pulse over there. And 
We're hearing a lot of stories about uh, how it went down and whatnot, but uh, we're looking forward to seeing what kind of job Lynn Swan's doing. But uh, what, what have you been hearing lately? What are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, from what I understand, there's been a lot of in, inside, uh, you know, I don't think it's hit the papers yet, or for whatever reason they're not announcing it, but I hear, I've heard a lot of things going on inside their changes, and they're making changes, and some people are a little, uh, you know, walking around with review mirrors, looking in the mirrors, you know, but, uh, um, you know, it's that's usually what happens, you know, and, um, you know, there's, I was really surprised to hear that uh, J.K. McKay was, you know, let go. Um uh, and you know, I don't know if that's a. They haven't made it. A, they haven't announced it yet. But that's what everybody's told me. On you know, reporters and newspaper people, and um, it was just kind of shocking to me that um, he wouldn't be. I know people that know him personally, on a personal basis, and they say it was very shocking that you know his best friend, who was still the athletic director there, until uh, I think it's the end of June, officially the athletic director would allow something like that to happen. You know, especially when most people believe he's the one that hired uh, Lynn Swan. It wasn't that Nikias. Lynn Swan's men never came up in the mix of athletic directors. Uh, it just happened to be Hayden's best friend, so uh, who he got into Augusta Country Club. You know, so and Hayden went back for the Masters at Augusta, and hence Lynn Swan's out there. So yeah. You know, it is what it is. It's all everything in life. So you know, you know, political stuff. Blah, 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 you know, it's, it's all who it is. But I was just, uh, you know, with everybody else I talked to, really surprised to hear about J.K. because he's a guy that everybody liked uh-huh. and was kind of. Uh, I've always said, if it wasn't for Hayden being friends with J.K. McKay, we wouldn't be talking about Hayden now because nobody would know who he is. And uh, <laughs> in other words, if, if he hadn't been J.K.'s roommate and teammate and you know that whole routine but you know life's life is what it is so you just you know what what i was telling some of my friends that are close aa uh supporters and aa i mean uh fc supporters i said AA supporters i said we have a serenity prayer and alcoholics honestly said god grant me the serenity to accept the things we cannot change to change the things we can and the wisdom to know the difference right and there's a lot of th- there's a lot of things that me or any of my friends that are, you know, donors there and everything have any control over. So, you know, and that's what you have to do. And, and as I told you a couple weeks ago, Keith, nobody ever went to SC. Did you ever hear anybody go to SC because, oh, Pat Hayden's the athletic director? Or, <laughs> or, or, or Nikias is the president or Lynn Swan's the athletic director, you know, you know, that they go there because of the coaching staff, the history of the school, you know, the brand of SC football, that's where they go there. Uh-huh. You know, so it's like, uh, and we've talked about that before, you know, so I just hope that uh, Lynn is a lot smarter than his friend when it comes to handling certain situations. And I hope he doesn't jump up into Helden's arms on the sidelines and get kicked out of a game for, you know, arguing with officials. And I hope he doesn't have Reggie Bush throwing off the field and, you know, different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, so. I don't see that with this guy. But, you know what? You know, my, my question is, is, uh, you know, when when somebody new comes in, regardless how they got there, they usually like to put their own personal stamp on things. So you think, uh, yeah, you think it's a big surprise that uh, you know J.K. and and a few other people in, in that regime are are are, are gone or or leaving. Well, I heard Hayden's Hayden's secretary was fired too. You know, her name is Heather. You know, she was let go too. You know, it was shocking to me. You know, but uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, so it's like, uh, 
you know, if, if I were in that position and it was my best friends and my secretary, you know, you know, I have their backs. You know what I mean? That's just me. You know, and the, and the people I've hung out with in my life, you know, loyalty is our brand, you know, loyalty. And uh, I never have seen any loyalty there. You know, he's, you know, as I told you before, at these functions I've been to, he uses AJK as a blunt of his jokes, you know, which are, are really, people are tired of hearing it, you know. Right. But, um, you know, and so life is what it is, you know, and I, I know JK will be successful, whatever he does, because he's, you know, I don't know anybody that doesn't like him, yeah. you know, so when people, when everybody likes you, you got a shot at anything you do, no matter what your background is, you know. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll land on his feet. I, 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 I yeah. have, I have a, in a pair of Gucci. Who? I said he'll land on his feet in a pair of Gucci. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I have a feeling that, uh, uh, you know, just like uh, any any time, I have a feeling that uh, Swan wants to come in and put his own stamp on things. He wants to bring his own yeah. people in and, and whatnot. I understand, you know, it's a little early because he's not officially there, so you think those guys at least would be able to run out run out uh, the distance, as long, you know, that, that, uh, that uh, uh, what's his name, Hayden has. But, yeah. uh, you know, I don't think there are any surprises. Uh, when it comes to things that he does. Um, well, people have told me, I've had some SC former players, All-Americans, say, you know, where was, where was Lynn Swan the last 40 years around SC, you know? Yeah. In other words, but, you know, where was Hayden before they hired him around? He was a Notre Dame announcer for years, you know what I mean? Right. So where was he? He, was not, he wasn't around the program. You know? So, But, you know, I've always said you could get any one of the three Stooges if they were still alive and they'd do a better job than Hayden did. So whoever they put, whoever they put in there, you know, Curly or Larry or Moe, whoever they put, whoever they put in there is going to do a better job than him. Do you believe me? You think she, I, I, think, I think Shimp would even have a chance. Who? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whoever, whoever. I mean, you know. It's just crazy, you know, so I'm just glad that, you know, I, I wish Lynn the best, and I, I think he's a politician, you know, he ran for governor of Pennsylvania, so you know you know, he's going to know how to handle situations a little better, I hope so. I would hope so, I would hope so, you know, uh, and, and we're he's looking got, for... I mean, a terrific football player, I mean, he's an All-American at SC, he's, I think he's in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall of Fame, the College Hall of Fame, you know, he's in just about every, in the SC Hall of Fame, he's in every Hall of Fame you can be in, so... And, uh, you know, he's got great credentials, but, you know, and I, I'm sure his running for governor, you know, he knows how to handle people. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the season starting and, and it's just a few months away and, and, and looking forward to see, uh, see what Helton's able to do, uh, this year and, and see what the, the, you know, the talent, I, you know, we know the team's loaded with talent. So, um, you know, I can't wait for that first, uh, that first kickoff when we, and get the ball rolling. Yeah, I think so too. And like I said to you before, I don't expect them to beat Alabama, but I guarantee you, this this team will show up for the game, and that's that's what I want to see them do is just show up for the games, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I think I think they're just going to be with this guy as a coach. I believe SC will be like a snowball going downhill. You know, it's kind of it's just they're just going to get and it's gonna, you know give the guy a couple of years, you know, give him two or three years, you know, maybe you know. Some people have said four years. You know, take John McKay. They wanted to fire him after his second year. Do you realize that? Huh. And then his third year, he came back and they were undefeated and they won the national championship in 1962. With, you know, the B boys: Willie Brown, Hal Betzel, Damon Bame, and uh, uh, it was it was fantastic. Da uh, Damon Bame and uh, Pete Beathard. But the bottom line is, you know, the first, after the second year there, they wanted to fire John McKay. 
And uh, the the then athletic director of the president of the schools got up and said, no, we don't want to fire him. And, and the rest was history. So, you know, yeah. I, don't, I also didn't think it was, if they did fire him, which is, you know, like I tell you, that doesn't seem, something just, it's like two and two is six. The, 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 the building at SC is called the John McKay building. Right. There's a statue of John McKay outside the building. Now, this is his son, J.K. McKay, who was a great football player. He played on two national championship teams, and everybody likes him. Does that seem like does that does that go with that Trojan for life routine? <laughs> well, there you know. Sometimes there are there are phrases and sayings and mottos and beliefs, uh, but then that, that, that doesn't mean that they they hold hold true. Yeah, I get it. I mean, you know, they they always say. Uh, you're a Bruin for four years. You're a Trojan for life. Well, <laughs> I wonder if J.K. is shaking his head right now. You know yeah. what I mean, I mean, uh, especially when the whole. But his dad is probably the greatest coach, arguably in the history of college football. You know, he's, he's in that. He's in that conversation. You know, so and uh, to see him treated like that is doesn't make me feel good. You know? Yeah, yeah, and you know, and, uh, you know, I always say if they did that to him, now, you got to think about this, Keith. If he did, if if he oversaw that, what's he going to do to Keith of Swoops World and Bob? <laughs> you get it? I get I it, mean, brother. That's his best friend. You know, yeah, J.K. Yeah. named his one of his kids Hayden. Wow. You know, so if he did that, that if he if he oversaw that thing, who am I, or who are you, <laughs> or who are anybody else around there? It's 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 uh, you know the, the 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 upswing of this whole thing, the positive thing out of this whole thing is that you know within a few weeks we we don't, we really don't have to talk about this guy again. We he's he's, he's 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 gone, done in the past. All the damage he's done will some of it will linger on for a little while, but you know eventually we'll be able to forget about him. Absolutely, that's exactly correct. You know, but but on the same token, you know, if you're a baseball fan and a New York Mets fan, did you ever hear of marvelous Marv Stromberg? Mm. You know, uh, he, he was the first baseman in the original Mets that made about 100 errors, and they're still talking about him. They called him marvelous Marv Stromberg. He became a legend in, in, in baseball annals. You know, I mean... So you know. I think there was something. Uh, something. Uh, somebody was still upset about. Uh, who was it? Buckner? Was it Buckner? Who muffed something? Yeah, I, have, they, have they forgotten about Bill Buckner? <laughs> the guy had almost three thousand hits and, and won a batting title, and, and you never knew he was a player. All you hear about is that error. I mean, like you got a point, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Buckner was a hell of a player. He's a gamer, you know. Please, you know his teammates loved him, but the poor guy he's had the, this had this curse on him for his whole life. You know, it's like most people don't even know he was a player. You know, and they go, "Was he really good?" And I go, "I good. Are you keep on a batting?" Oh, there you go, man. <laughs> Some things are never forgotten. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was a good call to Buckner. I forgot about that poor guy. You know? <laughs> what else has been happening, Bob? I know you're a busy man. I know you're still kind of. I know you're still kind of uh, associated with the IBA. 
And, yeah, we're uh, just waiting for it to change hands, and we're still trying to sanction fights. We did a couple in Europe, and uh, I was down. In fact, I went to uh, the forum on Saturday, and uh, I'm telling you, this 3G kid, they call him Glenati Golovkin. He's a Russian. He fought on HBO on Saturday night, and uh, and they had the other. He's a flyweight. His name is Chocolito Gonzalez. Uh, he's from Nicaragua. He's like 46-0, and 0, and uh, 3G, the Russian middleweight, He's three fights away from, I think he has 13 or 14 title defenses, and he's three fights away from breaking Bernard Hopkins' record for most title defenses for a middleweight. And he's uh, knocked out his last 24 opponents. He took care of this guy in two rounds. And his trainer, Abel Sanchez, who's up in Big Bear, he used to train Johnny Tapio when I was with Johnny. Abel told me that... uh, inspiring he said he's never seen any if you looked at this kid keith if you saw him walk in and he said hey keith i don't like your dreads you'd, you'd take a swing at him and and he'd knock you out and me out and everybody else in the room <laughs> you know what i mean in other words yeah. this guy he gives you that big smile he looks it's our he's no there's no definition in his biceps you know what i'm saying yeah he doesn't have a a strong looking body, <laughs> and but he in boxing they call it heavy hands. He has heavy hands. In other words, Abel said to me, Bob, when this guy's inspiring, the guy he's sparring with, he'll he'll in the first round he'll hit the guy in the shoulder. In the second round, the guy can't move his hands because they're numb. Wow. In other words, this is the kind of power this guy has, and he fought this kid named Ward who was eighteen and zero, knocked him down in the first round. The second round knocked him down brutally, and I thought they should have called the fight. I was screaming for the referee, uh, Jack Reeves, to call the fight. Yeah. But they let the kid fight again. I thought, that's how you get killed. I've been to three ringside deaths. Oh, wow. And this guy um, got up, and then he sent him to Queer Street after the next shot. You know, So it was the second-round knockout. Wow. So um, the bottom line is, um, you know, this guy is so, I mean, he's, he's got a falling. The forum was sold out. It was HBO, seen in 230 countries, and, you know, a lot of excitement down there. It was, you know, it was fun. We were sitting next to that Joe Walsh, that rocks guy, you know. Uh-huh. The, the, I guess he was with the Eagles. Or, yeah, but, he was um, with the Eagles. And he's yeah, a real nice yeah. guy. Yeah. He's, he's just a great guy. He's been in recovery for 16 years. Yeah, so, yeah know, he was kicked uh, out of the Eagles originally because of his... Uh, yeah, he was telling us his story. I mean, yeah. he couldn't have been a nicer guy. You know? So it was fun that he was, you know, like, I guess he said he's going to have a concert there in a month or so at the forum or two months later. Nice. You know, speaking, but anyway, it was a fun evening. Speaking of boxing, uh, somebody actually sent me this uh, yesterday. I'd never seen it. and uh, it's, it's It was an HBO special uh, called Cornered. And uh, it was about uh, our good friend Kenny Bayless. And it was a really uh, an outstanding uh, uh, you know, it's only like about 15 minute video. Uh, but he does talk about, uh, you know, refereeing fights, and he talks about, uh, you know, depth in the ring and, 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 and uh, what goes into a referee's job. And, man, those guys have got a lot of work on their hands. Are you kidding there? I mean, and by the way, Kenny is a terrific referee, and I think, you know, he should have been, he's now got a lot of the big fights now, but, you know, 20 years ago, he was doing the, four-round fights and everything, and I said, why is this guy doing that? I, we used to talk about it. I said, Kenny, you need a break, man. You need a break. Yeah. You know, they had Mills Lane, and they had 
you know, different guys, Joe Cortez doing the big events. And now he's moved up, and I'm just so happy to see him doing great because uh, he's just a great guy. And, a, and he, Have you ever seen how else he moves around the ring like silk, like he's almost like a glide, he glides around the ring. Have you ever seen that? He's not heavy-footed. Yeah. Right he... in on all the stuff. But, Keith, a referee in boxing, I've always said, you're better to stop the fight too soon than too late. Yeah. Like, like Reese is a good referee that was refereeing the other night. But, you know, he figured out oh, there's a national TV, worldwide television audience, and a full house. You know, he didn't want to start to stop the fight too soon. But sometimes it's better to st- stop it too soon. Because I, I don't want to see these guys. You know, I, I was at uh, ringside at, uh, at the, uh, when, uh, what's his name, Gabriel Ellis killed this Jimmy Garcia guy. It was a Caesar's Palace. And, I mean, it was horrible. It was yeah. horrible to see that. Yeah. Something you never forget. You know, they took him out. Yeah, he was unconscious and just unbelievable, you know. And he was just and and what happens? A lot of these lightweight guys. My fighter Johnny Tappy used to say, "Harder in the fight was making the weight," because wow. they starve themselves like a bantamweight has to be one eighteen. So right. you've got a Johnny walk around at one forty. So he would starve himself to get to one eighteen. Then right after the weight, and on Friday, we would take him out and get IVs put in him to get him refluided, you know what I mean? Because what happens, Jimmy Garcia had a hard time making the weight. They didn't give him IVs, and there's a liquid that goes around the brain that protects it. It's like it's almost like a jelly. Yeah. And when you're dehydrated, the liquid isn't there. So when you get hammered on the head, the brain hits the side, and that's when you have all these problems. You know, that's yeah. that's when you have a lot of problems. And uh you know, it's you know, but it's a tough business. You know, it's like nothing we would want our kids to go into, or relatives or friends. You know, it's just it's just a tough business. You know, you're still go ahead. Go no, it's inter- it's interesting what you just said there because um, we always hear about these guys making weight and and things like that, and we hear about guys who've got titles and you know, lightweight, light middle, heavy. This, you know, I mean, it runs a gamut. You know, you hear guys go, "Well, he's got he's got title belts in uh, five different divisions and stuff like that." And, you know, people, they carry around a natural amount of weight. I mean, you know, for, yep. you know whoever, the, everybody does, right? So yeah. what, what motivates these guys to, to go drop down two, three classes? And, and, uh... Because they have more power. I'll give you an example. Oscar De La Hoya, when he started, was a lightweight. Mm-hmm. And when, if you look at his record as a lightweight, he knocked everybody out. But the, the higher up in weight you go, the more money there is. Uh, all the way up to heavyweight, down to strawweight and flyweight, make uh, a, you know ten cents in the dollar from the bigger guys. Right. So what Oscar did everything he could do in the lightweight division. So he wanted to move up to junior welterweight. He moved up to junior welterweight, but as you move up in weight, your power decreases and you don't knock out as many guys. So what happens? I mean, that's why Manny Pacquiao is a, maybe the biggest miracle I've ever seen because when I first met Manny, he was 112 pounds. I met him in 2001 when Cody Roach was training him. He was 112 pounds a junior or flyweight. He he won the title at 112. He won the title at 115 junior bantamweight. He won the title at 118 bantamweight. He won the title at um, uh. 122 junior featherweight, 126 featherweight. Then he won the title as a uh, a, a welterweight junior. He won he won the, t- the world title in eight different weight classes, which has never been done. Wow! Wow! And that's why 
and 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 if you notice, Manny's not knocking out guys now. You know, he hasn't knocked out anybody in like five or six fights because he's a little tiny guy fighting as a as a welterweight. You know, what I mean? you understand what I'm saying? Right. So, uh, they were actually trying to get him to fight this three G as a middleweight. That would be the dumbest thing you could ever do. You, you can't keep going up. You know, fighting. It's a big difference when you're fighting guys. You know, that are bigger and stronger and bigger bodies and bigger. You know, so um, that's just the way it is. And you know, but. You know, there's a guy named Henry Armstrong that fought in the 40s and 50s when they only had eight weight classes, and he held four or five world titles in five different weight classes at the same time. But uh, he was one of the all-time great fighters back in the 40s and 50s. We had we had a great run. I think it, it was probably the uh, the late 80s through the mid 90s of uh, middleweight uh, fighters that were just. I mean, I think it wasn't Sugar Ray Leonard a middleweight and and Hitman. Hurts oh, that was the best. Guys. Maybe the best in his. Hearns, Hagler, Leonard, and Duran. I mean, yeah. uh, the best. And you had some of John Mugabe. You had some. You had some, a lot of other guys that were, you know, the guy from Ohio, Aaron Pryor. You had other guys that were moving. I mean, just some great, great, great fighters. It's never the. And here's the other thing, Keith. Especially, I tell people, the lower the weight classes, the better the fighters are. Well, there's so if much you want to see, oh my God, yeah. I mean, the heavyweights are cumbersome. They're, you know, it's everybody. Oh, I want to see a heavyweight fight. And everyone, but if you really are a true boxing fan, you want to see the smaller weights. Yeah. Because they're, I mean, I, I used to see Johnny Tapia do things that I had to blink. You know, he used to get on the, play that Mexican music and get on the jump rope, and the, and the little rope would become invisible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it was like, yeah. it was unbelievable. I never saw anybody. Eddie Futch used to say, he was Joe Frazier's trainer, he said, I've never seen anybody other than Johnny Tapia. The only guy close to him was Roberto Duran as far as doing the jump rope. But uh, he, and he just loved it. You know, he loved doing that stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just, but these these little guys, man, I'm telling you, they're just amazing. I mean, that kid I saw the other night, Chocolito, he's just a little flyweight. He's terrific. Yeah, you know? it's just it's amazing how quick those those little guys are. There, you know, there's, oh, I know. I mean, yeah. the, the the movement, uh, you know, the the, the punch and how quick they punch. Yeah. And, and people don't realize, you know, I think I've told you this before. I, and I I've been a fight fan all you know all my life, but it wasn't until I saw a few championship fights live do you really get the full impact of uh, how hard these guys are being hit how quick they are how talented they oh, are it's, it's, doesn't it's, come across on I tv you keith i'm going to tell you something i've been to super bowls probably seven or eight of them i've been to many world series games i've been to rose bowl games i've been to nba championship games in the form and i've been to many of them i've been to stanley cup championships i've never seen anything more exciting than a great world title fight. You, know, you can go from heavyweight to Tyson is fight. You know, and that's what the game needs now. See, this 3G guy is a little bit like Mike Tyson, and that's what people want to see. Nobody booed about the fight being over in two rounds. They got they got their money's worth. This right. guy just completely destroyed this guy, and uh, you know that's what, that's what the, the fans pay to see. You know, that it's exciting to them. You know, I don't think anybody wants to see anybody get hurt, but it's exciting to see a knockout you know especially from a guy like i told you if you saw this guy <laughs> i met him a few times he's a big smile and nice guy you know he doesn't look like a tough guy you know? <laughs> i actually laugh when i when i saw him after the fight i'm i'm you know just laughing because he's so funny and he's just like that. but he's from Pakistan. oh that's cold there <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. You know, he, he, he's, he's kind of, and then there was, you know, some fighter that we were, this other guy, Sergey Kolovikov, he's a Russian uh, light heavyweight who's undefeated. they got some good fighters coming out of that part of the world now. You know? Yeah. 
is that where the, or is that where uh, you know we've heard a lot of the the big the big bigger weight heavyweight guys are coming out of there now too. But Keith, as you know how you know how things have changed in the old days. Who were the big money makers in all of sport? Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, George Foreman. The, the, you know that hamburger thing he did. Uh, you know, made millions of dollars. Out of, who's the highest paid athlete in the world? And we talked about it the last time I was on your show. Oh. The world yeah. is yeah. Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather and yeah. He's, and he, yeah, he's a welterweight. So yeah. what does that tell you? People are clamoring to see great fighters. They don't care what weight they're in. You know, I mean, Floyd Mayweather, you know, he was fantastic. You know, he's, making, he's made more money than anybody in, in the history of sports. Yeah. And that's amazing. That's amazing. Do you think yeah. he, Do you think he's uh, totally retired? Do you think he's got, I mean, he's, he he finished on a, he finished on you know with a win. He's got no losses. Uh, is there is there a reason for? I mean the money. I think the he wants to break Marciano's. Oh yeah. Yeah. But what's his middle name, Floyd? What's his, what's his, what's his, what's his, what's his money? And, and why do you think they call him that? Some uh, promoter is going to come up with the right money and the right fight and a chance for him to hit the half century mark at fifty zero. And uh, I'd be shocked if he retired. Yeah, yeah. How difficult is it? You've been around this game so long. You've met, you've known so many fighters and things like that. Uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those game. It's one of those sports where you know it's a lot of timing, uh, a lot of muscle memory. Uh, how difficult is it these guys when they when they take a layoff when they decide um, I'm not going to fight for a while to not only get back in shape but to get that edge back. You know, I want you to think about what I'm going to tell you. And I knew Mike Tyson very well. I knew Muhammad Ali very well since the 60s. And they both have something in common. I'm going to tell you what it is. Muhammad Ali was the greatest heavyweight in history. And he fought Zora Foley in Houston, Texas. And that was vintage Muhammad Ali. Right after that, they stripped the title from him because he wouldn't go and fight the Viet Cong. Right. And, he, and that's when he made the statement, no Viet Cong ever called me nigger. Yeah. But, uh, so they stripped the title from him. He was out of boxing for three and a half years. Now the Ali that came back, even though he still won some big fights and the, the foreman thing and all that, and the fr- that was a shadow of the Ali before that. Wow. Now, fast forward to Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was 43-1, and one, knocked out everybody. They didn't have to go to the scorecards. They carried him out feet first when he fought him. And the only loss he had, he was smoking grass and all, fuck, excuse me, screwed up, in, in, uh, when he fought Buster Douglas. I think it was 70-1, to one and he got beat. But he was 43-1. and one. Now think about this. That phony rape case in Indiana, which, like, as he told me, I've done a lot of crazy things, but this is one thing, but I figure it's everything evening out. He does three and a half years in the joint for that. Okay, what did his record end up to be? He was 43-1 and one when he went in. It ended up to be, after three and a half years, his final record, and he's in the Hall of Fame, which is where he should be, is 50-6. and six. So that, do the math. He, he was 43-1. He was, was 7-5 and five after that. Yeah. And th- that's the two Holyfield ear-biting things, the, the knockout by Lennox Lewis. You know, in other words, the vintage Tyson would destroy all those guys. Right. All of them. But 
it was the three and a half year layoff. You lose your timing. You lose, you know, Larry Holmes from from Pennsylvania used to always say, Eastern Pennsylvania, they, they, he used to always say, he refused to drive in a limousine. He refused to go to a high class gym. He wanted to go into dumps and train. He hung out with his buddies from the hood. He hung out. He didn't want. He didn't want to. He thought it might make him soft right. if he drove in a limousine. He thought, you know, you got to have the edge. You got to have the edge. It's so competitive. You need the edge. And you know, Larry Holmes was a, might have had the greatest left jab in the history of boxing. You know, for I mean, it was unbelievable. But the point I'm saying is, you you've always got to have the edge. And going out of the game for three and a half years, you lose that edge. Believe me, you, you'll never be the same. You'll never. I, I don't think a baseball player that retired for three years would be the same when he came back. You know, you, you you've got it's 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 repetition, 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 repetition. Right. And you know, you can you can lay off for a month. Johnny Tapia was out of boxing for six months or a year or something for a cocaine thing. He came back. He was even better. But you can't lay off that long. That's yeah. just my opinion. I you know you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, Tyson. I still say that the the, the best knockout I ever saw and ever was uh, that Spinks uh, um, fight. It lasted about... Like, oh, yeah. I remember seconds. that. But, uh, you know, it's... Uh, and, and he was the kind of guy who... Uh, I mean, he, he got in the ring. He, he didn't look like he was trying to score points. He was in there to, to knock to, to knock out, like a home run hitter. He didn't go up there to get a base hit. He went up there oh, swinging for the fences. And that's absolutely. the difference you have in the heavyweights as far as the heavyweights versus the middleweights and the lighter weights. Well, I mean, Keith, I've seen all the heavyweights from... Marciano to right on through, and and I've seen filled of the guys that were before my time, Jack Dempsey and you know Jack Johnson and all the. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you something. There's never in the history of boxing been a more dominating heavyweight than Mike Tyson. Wow. And I, and I and I said that before I was giving him plaudits before all the other people were. You know, I was saying this guy. There's never been a more dominating heavyweight. Where where you know the I mean, you can look at any heavyweight. This guy, you know, he was. You were lucky if you if you walked out of that ring alive. You know what I mean, yeah. The guy was ferocious, and he's only five eleven. You know, Mike's not that tall. He's like five eleven, I think. Five eleven. Yeah. Wow. But what a punch, Bob! It's always it's always a great time to talk to you, man. Is there is there anything you uh, we want you wanted to touch on the night that we haven't had a chance to uh, to talk about? Um. Is everything going good for you, Keith? How you were last time I talked to you, you were sick. How are you feeling? I was, man. I'm I'm back. I'm back, man. I'm back on top. I, you know, they tried, oh, to, they tried to put me down, but I'm here. <laughs> you, I, I, hey, you, I, any linebacker ain't going down easy. Right? So, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm just lucky I'm not a horse because they had to take me out, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I'm glad you're feeling better, Keith. And uh, and I always look forward to talking to you. And and you're, you got a great show. And. Uh, and, and root for the Trojans. I know you're a big SC fan. And, Absolutely. You know, I'm really really pulling for uh, Clay Helton to do good this year. So. Absolutely. As well, I told you before, I think I'm. I feel I've never felt more confident in who's leading that program than I do right now. In all the years I've been following SC. So what does that tell you? That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. All right, Bob. Well, we will chat again okay. soon, brother. Yeah. God bless you and all your fans, Keith. Thanks a lot, Bob. Bob Case, okay. everybody. And uh, we always have a chance. We always enjoy our opportunity to chat with him. Uh, currently, still the vice president of the IBA, the International Boxing Association. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back. We're going to get uh, Anthony Davis on the line. Uh, how about uh, we'll start off with 
Michelle Mangioni, and this is What Is a Saint? Return 
the line. Welcome to our world today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics, or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted, and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. Hi, this is Kelly Z. We're Casey Regan. We're from Music You Can See and Ameriblues.com and Kelly's Live. We are swooping it at Swoops World. So, uh, so here we go.
scratch. Well, there we were at the end of the road, having got there and are traveling a boat, and we all breathed in a huge sigh of relief. The relatives from out of town came up and were invited to bed down, which left just one place for us kids to sleep. Outside of our 1969 cab over camper where the laughter roared and the gym beam poured and we sat out underneath the stars with a cute hippie girl and pointed out Mars and as we crawled into our sleeping bags she stripped down to her metal tags and we saw all her femininity and said thank you God for Trinity. faucet running that's not a faucet that's a river rushing through the forest forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink what i can't hear you because of the vacuum that's not a vacuum that's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe i didn't know the trees were so amazing yep and the forest gives us shade trees to climb that's awesome let's go explore some more visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you to learn more about the forest and find one near you go to discovertheforest.org brought to you by the u.s forest service and the ad council Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hello, this is Normandy Wilson, and you're listening to Sweet's World. And welcome back to Swoops. We're on the Talk Story Radio Network. Let's see if we can get Anthony Davis on the line. Welcome back, our good friend and colleague, five-time national champion, two-time All-American out of USC, played in the NFL and the Canadian Football League and all sorts of other things. He's the author of a book. Welcome back to the show, Anthony Davis. How you doing, man? Sounds like you sound better. I sound <laughs> way better, bro. <laughs> I was almost on my deathbed the other day, man. I sounded horrible, didn't I? Well, most people, most people have had that that flu virus that you're talking about. They kept me down for a month, and I got over it. It's something else, so yeah. take care of it. Absolutely. They, reoccurs, they say it reoccurs. 
Well, I'm going to fight it, man. I'm, 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 I'm bouncing around. I'm, I'm, I'm bobbing and weaving, man. I'm doing good right now, so I'm going to hang in there, man. So, uh, it's, it's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, because last time I talked to you, you sound like a mop. Now you're back to poop. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I can, it was hurting, too. It was hurting to talk, you know. It was, it, 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 it was just horrible. Right. Let's uh let's jump into it, man. Uh let's start with the draft. Tomorrow's the NFL draft and uh you know, a lot of players, a lot of potential out there. The the, the Los Angeles Rams have the have the first pick. Uh you got your eye on anybody that needs to be watched, not necessarily where they go, but just as an athlete? Well the thing that caught my attention, you know, I really don't follow that too much, but the thing that I, I that caught my attention was the article that I read on uh, Miles Jack out of UCLA, I found very interesting. Now, a lot of people, the smart thing he did was had an insurance policy. I think he received uh, Lloyd's of Lunch, got a good chunk of money because <coughs> he got hurt in his, his, uh, his junior year. Right. And everybody questioned his ability and been surgically prepared to play up to the style, that, play up to the level that he is capable of doing. I believe he is. Uh, like I've always told you about him, uh, I like to see him in the NFL as a running back. But he did a whole thing in UCLA, which I think uh, contributed to the fatigue of his knee going both ways and all the extra curriculum he was doing on it. But to me, the best, to me, he's probably one of the top five best athletes in the league. Wow. Uh, I see him doing well in NFL, even with his knee. I mean, and his knee wasn't that severe anyway, and he had plenty of time to to, to heal and repair it. So, you know, a lot of this mythical stuff, people trying to put things down on this and that, come on. Uh, and, and I'm going to say this. Bill Belichick, if you get him, you'll you show you wrong because you always pick right. But uh, I found him very interesting, and I think he's a great athlete. Matter of fact, one of our uh, one of our attorneys in house attorneys in our my, my business, our, my, our business uh, she's a big UCLA fan. She went to UCLA. She went to UCLA Law School, and she her favorite players was Miles Jack, mm-hmm. and we discussed him all the time. And, uh, and I told I said, well, uh, I like him. I think he's going to be a great player. So everybody questions me. Have no fears, you silly fans. He's going to be a great player. <laughs> I saw an inter- interesting article, and I'd like to get your take on it. It, it was in uh, CBS Sports, and it says, The 2016 NFL Draft, here's why the number one pick will make less money than the number four. And it all goes down to taxes. It says, you know, the number one pick, uh, the Los Angeles Rams hold the number one pick in Thursday's draft, and whoever, whomever they select will be heading to a state that charges 13.3% income tax. On the other hand, the player that goes to the Eagles will only be hit with a 3.07% income tax in Pennsylvania. It's a huge difference, and that huge difference means the number one player in the draft won't have the highest take-home pay of any rookie in 2016. And so they show the top five. You know, the Rams, uh, you know, they say if the gross wages are $25.4 million, wages after taxes is twelve point five. Where the Eagles in, in Pennsylvania, the uh, you know the gross wages are twenty four point two, wages after tax is twelve point eight. 
And, you know, the Chargers, well, that's San Diego. The Cowboys have the fourth pick. Um, so the guy would have a take home of, of 12.7. So, uh, you know, I, you, I always wonder if uh, I know players want to go to a team that's got potential, that's going to, you know, fit the, like you talk about the system, that they fit a system. But uh, that's something to look at, too, isn't it? Well, first of all, let me say this to you. And I had a discussion with some, with some little guys because, you know, everybody, people don't know I'm in the real estate business. The, the, the thing is, I was discussing the tax situation. I mean, you're absolutely right. And what the, and what the player association should do from state to state, if you get the number one pick and everybody thinks he's the number you're going to pay him number one money. And, then, and so you're going to you should compensate for tax situations in each state. You take taxes. They don't have state tax. doesn't have state tax. Many other states, they have their taxes. Their tax rates are much lower than California. So that's why businesses don't have a in California. Now, if if if, uh, if I'm in the National Football League Player Association, then I got some more people overall. And if you people think he's the best player in the draft, well, you pay him number one money. And for example, if 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 the state taxes, like you say, three percent in Philadelphia, and the guy's signing bonus is ten million dollars, and the guy the number one overall in California is going to be that, well, you need to pay him more money. Yeah, that's because why draft him number one? In other words, basically, if if he's getting number four draft number four pick money in California because of the tax structure here. That's, that's unfair. And I was talking about that with some of the colleagues of mine in, 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 the, in, the, in our office the other day. The fact that if you're playing in California, a $100 million contract ain't a contract if it's $100 million in California. You're selling a $100 million contract in Florida. Right. So, so, so it, 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 the way it is set up now, you don't even want to get drafted in California. Nowhere. You don't want to be drafted in San Diego. You don't want to be drafted in Oakland, L.A., or San Francisco. The same thing. Anyone in the reports, this is the highest. And then, and then also, then you turn on turn back to New York. That's just, those The number two and number one market have the highest taxes in the whole country. Right. You see, so whatever, whatever, whatever Eli Manning is getting in New York versus uh, somebody in Texas getting more money than him when it comes with the paying time. And so, you know, and, and, and if you defer it out, so what? You're still going to be paying the same thing in your career today. You know, it's interesting, you know, when you come to like government agencies, uh, say you work for uh, FBI or, or something like that, you know, these guys are. Uh, or are housed or employed in uh, places like California, so they have what they call per diems because of the cost of living, not necessarily the taxes, but the cost of living in some of these areas as opposed to other areas. So that's kind of what you're talking about when you're saying they should pay these guys, pay you know, to cover their cover the the, the big chunk of the taxes that go into different markets, like the number one and number two markets. For example, just look at the Rams. The total move from Missouri. California. So these guys are coming from Missouri to California. They worry about how do they keep their house in Missouri? If, if I'm a ball player, 
I don't sell my home in Missouri. I come around to something smaller and comparable to what I'm making because the same house in Missouri, the five-bedroom home in Missouri ain't like the same bedroom, the same bedroom house in, in California, depending on where you live in California. Right. Now, if you don't live in the Palos Verdes, oh, it's off the chart. If you're going to live in Santa Monica, it's off the chart. If you're going to be sitting in Pacific Palos, it's not, you know, you got to bring close around to the stadium or whatever, and then you got your families and everything else to move. So a lot of things, that's why I was telling people that it's going to be a adjustment of the players because they're going to be so occupied with the living while moving the family the whole thing on the tax structure. It's working a football club. So moving from Missouri to California, that's a check. I mean, because what you can buy for ten thousand dollars in Missouri, you can't buy it for the same thing in California. <laughs> you see, so so I know Crookie might be then only might be talking about you know what what what, what it is. He might just in helping them out. So, so I, I, I would I would really like to see how the pay structure would be with them and how they you know the the tax brackets change big time they come here. Right. Well, and that's that was the interesting thing about this article because you know the guy you you might go number one, but you're well, going to California, and uh, you know your your buddy's going number two or number three or I'm not necessarily number three, but number two and number four, uh, other states, and uh, they're going to actually have better take home pay because they have less t- less taxes in those places. Yeah, now, my understanding yeah. is, is is these guys. Uh, I know I've heard this about basketball. I'm sure it's about any sport. Uh, when when they play a game, they play an away game in a different state. They, the, the the way the state looks at it is you earned money in our state and you owe taxes on that. Is that true? Uh, I don't I don't really know how that works, but but, but I think if you're still on if, if you're a California employee, you're still paying California tax. Right, right, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But see, but let me tell you what they did. I don't know if you saw this, but they had a breakdown on Kobe career, twenty year career. And the money they made, you know, you really don't. I, I, not the format. I hate people trying to talk about my money. Everybody's in my bank account, but so I think they said Kobe made three hundred forty million dollars in his twenty years playing with the Lakers, uh-huh. and they playing in California. Then after taxes and everything, he only brought in like a half of that hundred fifty. Wow. So I mean, look at all that money. I mean, you know. Okay, he's fine, but you know, endorsements and stuff like that. But still, he still paid the same amount as endorsements. Right. So I believe endorsements and play and everything he got, he probably made over well, well, well over two hundred million in his career. But the tax hit was so big in playing here. They were they were talking about that going up to the NFL draft, and I thought that I found that very interesting. Uh, it everybody's attention operations. He said, "Wow, I, I actually I just wasn't people said I just wasn't thinking like that." I said. Why not? I mean, California, he's just doing real estate. He's playing basketball, paying, paying. So, so it caught everybody's attention, the fact that all this money, words like if, like if Carl, do you think like when Shaq left, with the floor, he made more money than he did it in the hotel. And everywhere else he went. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It, you're breaking. So, so, you're breaking so, up just a little bit, Ad. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. Yes. Well, well, you hear you hear stories about guys who, uh, you know, they, they, they you know, their residences uh, in certain different states, uh, 
and uh, you know sometimes they get traded and they're and they're ha they're not happy about the trade, but they're happy about where they end up for for a lot of these reasons. You know, there's a lot of underlying things when it comes to and you know you, and you've you've mentioned lots of times these guys need to set themselves up financially because this 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 career doesn't last long. Um, so you know, I think uh, I think it's one of those things you look at. Well, first of all, you know, you you know, you, you know I wish I had somebody around when I was through. The bottom line is, is that you you should always think. Yeah, if I'm advising that, you should think that you may you're only going to play five years, okay? And that and that and, and that would be the cap. And what you do in five years, and what you do in putting that money away, it's only a few people that play ten years and beyond. That's an easy sport. Right now, you, you can sort of get it in baseball and basketball or whatever, but. In football, you never know. It could be one year, it could be five, it could be ten years. Something says, depends on, you know, you, I really look just so happy. I come to play sports, especially football. You look at five year cap and what you're doing five, and, you, and you're going to start structuring right away. And then also, while you're looking at that, you're looking at somebody else, something outside the game to do a fall back on. And you know, as you're playing simultaneously, you got to keep your hand in another cookie jar in terms of what you might be doing from a business standpoint yeah. or the second secondary career. That's my advice, you know, because in football, the money's not guaranteed after until the third year in the game. Something like that. I think that's according to the, you know, the bargaining agreement they have now. But in baseball and basketball, there's guaranteed money. So if you sign a ten million dollar deal and you only play two years, well, you're you're getting that ten million dollars. It's the life of the contract. Not in football. You gotta play so many years to get guaranteed. Right. So I mean it's only a few page Manning where Eli Manning and a few other guys that played on a time rate. You know, the, the those far and far between. So the average guy is maybe overall from position to well, big I think five years. And I put foot and training back to work's only at two. So uh so 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 if if you're at the top back and you get a a fifteen million dollar bonus. If you're a top twenty play pick, you better put that money away. Oh, we lost him. Uh, anyway, well, well, we're gonna uh, see if we can get AD back on the line here. And his phone, I mean, he's breaking up a little bit, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, they'll stay on, and we can finish this uh, finish this update, this interview. Um, it's interesting though that this whole story about uh, that was in CBS Sports about. The uh, the taxes in the different uh, areas. Please leave your message uh, for nine. Hang on there. All right, we will. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and hopefully AD comes back on the line. And if he does, we'll jump back into it and uh, get back into this conversation. You're listening to Swoops World on Talk Story Radio Network, sponsored by HealthyNewDay.com. And uh, let's see here. This one here, the Alter Billies, and this is. I'm still standing. Back up. There we go. He's got him calling back in. You there, there, brother? Yeah, that's a bad, bad. I'm in bad area. Sorry about that. No, no problem. You know, uh, it's interesting that you know you talked about these guys who who are able to make a long career and able to hang in there and this other thing. And, and we've talked about guys uh, with a lot of talent that don't understand uh, the the opportunities they have and. The privilege it is to uh, to do what they do. Uh, saw an article yesterday uh, on the news that uh, Johnny Manziel got in, he's got indicted for uh, spousal abuse. Uh, he hadn't he's not convicted. He's been indicted. They're going to do you know whatever. But here's a guy who had a, a lot of a lot of fanfare coming into the league, 
and uh, he can't seem to stay out of trouble. Well, here's, you know, here's the issue. The, kid, the kid's obviously delusional. Uh, he definitely was talented at Texas A&M. But the bottom line is, uh, I guess he was cuddled all his life, right? Yeah. And uh, spoiled. Might be a bit overrated. Definitely didn't have my talent. <laughs> but, but other people's talent too and, and for him to squander this opportunity to be a number one draft choice Cleveland Browns all they do is keep his nose clean I think he'd have done well under, 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 under this new coach but obviously you know he's, he's misdirected he's had a drug problem alcohol trouble he needs to be popped he needs to serve some time to get his life right. And he's one of the fortunate ones who has money in his life. But I think his father has an issue with him and his alcohol and drug use. It's, it's very alarming. They they fear that he won't even be in his he keeps him, if he continues with his his activities uh, with his uh, off the field thing. Yeah. But now it looks like he's he's a train wreck now going to jail. Well, he's definitely going to court, man. We'll see what happens with the, with the case. But uh, you know, here here you are. Uh, you, you can't stay out of trouble. You got a new season coming up. You you just got released from another t- from a team after two years. Uh, it sounded like the sound like the Cowboys were looking at him, uh, looking at him pretty hard. And uh, you know, opportunities just you know there are people that are dying for these opportunities that some of these kids get and. Uh, I don't think they respect uh, respect what what their talents are and, and and the things that are laid out in front of them. Well, here's the thing: a lot of these kids today are entitled. I, I think the era era of Facebook, Spice, whatever you call it, Instagram, this computer, and the culture of the internet has done a lot of damage to these. Like I've always said, the internet is great, but it's also damaging. A lot of people say, "What do you mean by that?" Well. You know, with the hype, the overhype. If a kid, everybody said this guy is a, a superstar, he's only 50% of the way how they're promoting. Uh, you know, so th- these kids today need a reality. Yeah. And, uh, and they need a little bit of old school teaching. And they need to show more respect for the past. And, and, they, and the most of them ain't all of that. And, uh, and, and, and unfortunately, we live in a time and era in our society where there's so much hype out there. Everybody gets so caught up into the hype and, to the, and not to the substance of what they're, what they're about. And we over, we've overblown it. We've overblown it. Yeah. You know, so, uh, these kids need to get a, get, get a grip and they need to go back and get grounded by some of the guys who paved the way. And I think the NFL and the Major League Baseball and everybody else should pull back and go get some of these guys who paved the way for these guys to do what they need to do. So uh, I think that's one of the problems with Menzel. You know, he was never grounded. And somebody told him he was a uh, uh, god gift to football, which, you know, he's a little delusional. <laughs> you know, I... I, I, I... I had a guy told me one time, and he had gone. He had gone to a, 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 an institution where uh, um, I said, "You're a big guy. You, you know, you, you're you're big and you're bad, and you, I'm sure nobody messes with you." And he says, "You know what? The thing about 
Think about life. There's always somebody bigger. There's always somebody better. And there's always somebody who's, who can take you. And, you know, you might think you're the top dog, but it doesn't always work that way. And it doesn't work that way for anybody forever. So I think a lot of these guys come out, like you said, they've been spoiled. they got this attitude about them, and they don't, uh, they don't understand that there's other guys waiting in the wings, ready to go. Let me say this to about it. I heard a guy, and I, and I always respect him. He's ahead of me in my dictation, San Diego Chargers, OFL, Lance Allworth. I remember they Lance. Called him, they called him Bambi. Yeah. I heard him in an interview, Hall of Fame. Now, this is what interviewed him, and this resonated to me, and it made a lot of sense. He said he's, his father used to always tell him, he said, let me tell you something. You're good, but remember, there's somebody always out there a little bit better. He said that affected him to the point where it made him push harder because his father ingrained that into him saying, there's somebody that's much better than me, and I'm going to try to get good enough to get as, as, as good as that person that's better than me. And that affected him mentally, and that resonated with me. Yeah. I said, that makes a lot of sense, you know. And uh, he could run. I mean, he could fly. I mean, uh so uh, that 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 stuff, and a lot of these guys realize that. Well, great as you, if you think you are, there's somebody out there that's a little bit better, and there's somebody out there that didn't get an opportunity that was better. And I've always thought that about me. You know, all my accomplishments in both football and baseball, I always thought it was somebody a little better than I was. But when I heard Lance Allworth say that, I said, "Wow." That makes a lot of sense. A lot of you fellows out here that are out here, I hope you listen to what I'm telling you. You might be good, but it might be slightly a little bit better. It's <laughs> you know that's another interesting. I'm reading a book and 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 I heard a guy you know he's talking about Larry Bird, and he said you know the story is Larry Bird uh, when he was in school, uh, he would uh, go out and shoot uh, 500 free throws before before he went to school. He'd get up early enough. To uh, to shoot 500 free throws, and and I think a lot of people see these guys who are really successful, real real superstars, whether it's as an athlete or in music or in business or whatever, and you know, people think, oh well, you know they they got lucky or they they knew somebody or they were there at the right time. People work really really hard to be successful. Hello. Yeah, you there. Yes, I mean, you, you know, yes, uh, yeah, people do work. And once people find out they have the talent, they develop it even more. Yeah. And like, you know, like in my case, when I, when I knew I could hit a baseball and run a football, I always thought about, man, what can I do to make myself even better? Right. And that's, yeah, that's, that's what people do. The great ones do that. And, and, and people always ask me how I run those kickoffs. Right? I said it's those 30 minutes after practice that I stayed on the field with my teammates. Those guys were dedicated. That's what made us great. Yeah, that's what we did—the extra work. When, when, when people are going in when it's raining, you're out there working. And guys, are the, the meeting when we're sitting there thinking about stuff, working on diagrams and stuff, and what can you do to make this play run better? That's what—that's what it is. That's in anything you do. That's in any any sport, any business, anything. Let's strive to be the best. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's that's I, why that's, that's why the, the one cover that I was on I was on four covers of Sports Illustrated, and one cover they said about love and admire and I appreciate they put it they call it the best of the best, 
and you strive to be the best of the best in anything you do. And uh, when I talk to kids, I show them that Sports Illustrated, which says the best of the best. I said, you can achieve this being the best of the best. And that's what it takes. That's why Larry Bird did what he did. Yeah. And also what Bird would always say, in a black man's sport, he said, I had to work extra because I really didn't have all the great physical talent. But whatever I had, I made the best of it. I tried to be the best in what I did the best. That's what made him great. You know, we, we see that a lot. You, you, you have an excellent point about that. You see that a lot where these guys, you know, they'll finish their career, they're Hall of Famers, uh, whatever the sport is, and, uh, and, you know, I'll say, I wasn't the fastest, I wasn't the strongest, I wasn't this, I wasn't that. But I, I worked really, really, really hard developing the talents that I did have. And, you know, and, I, and, that's, and that's what made me successful. And, and, I, and then you see, you know, we talk about Manziel. You see a guy like that. Who should be busting his ass? Who should be thankful for what he's the opportunities he has? He should be working harder than he's ever had in his in, his, in all of his life. And he's out playing around. He's out fighting his girlfriend. He's out middle of the night doing this and doing that, getting involved in things he shouldn't have, and squandering those opportunities. Well, first of all, he should have ran into somebody like me or Jim Brown, and we'd have straightened him out. We'd have straightened him out, but uh, you know he didn't do that. Somebody was always just telling him he was this and that. And, doing the money signs and stuff, and that's what got him. Yeah. Caught up with him. Always will. Always will. Let's switch to baseball real quick before we wrap things up, uh, man. I, I, sure. I know you're a, a big baseball fan. I, I saw a, a highlight film with uh, Puig, who uh, at first I think he should have made the catch, but he did miss the catch. But he, he made a throw from the from the wall, the, between right and center field wall, to, uh, to nail the guy at third base which some people say is probably one of the greatest throws in baseball. I disagree because I saw Reggie Jackson throw a guy out at home plate from uh, right field. But uh, still, that was that was pretty impressive. Did you have an opportunity to see that? Well, I saw that. It was impressive. I, I, I like that. But as far as I'm concerned, the greatest throw I've ever seen was the, uh, in a playoff game. I think he did the World Series second where Roberto Clemente went to the corner right field and threw somebody out at home. Yeah. Now, if you start to go to, go to the Internet and, and look at the archives, you will see him throwing that guy out. Yeah. So I saw Roberto, Reggie, and Twig. So to me, those are great throws. And uh, and another one to throw, if you guys know what Bo Jackson did against the White Sox when he was Kansas City, throwing a guy off the wall. Yeah. Errol Bays. So those are the four throws I've seen I thought was the best. The, uh, you know, uh, We've talked about Puig. We talked about his talent. We talked about his head. Uh, you know, he, he, he's uh, they, they're saying he's playing better this year than he has in the past. Uh, I've seen you know, some pretty, some pretty, uh, pretty glaring error the other day, and, and I know nobody's perfect. And I, I still think he could have made that catch where he didn't have to make that throw. But uh, uh, he looks like he's off to a better start than he has been in the past. What do you think? Well, first of all, I think what I, this. I think what he needs to do is just acclimate himself off the field, uh, off the field, number one. I think I think a lot of distractions have been coming from Cuba. It's a, it's a culture shock for him, coming from that suppressed environment to come to the United States. I think that's the, he's trying to do a better. He needs to bounce it. He needs to realize where his priorities are. Now, you hear all kind of rumors how he, he, he's out and doing a lot of different things. If he focused strictly on baseball, I mean, really just dedicated himself to baseball. He could be one of the best. 
Yeah. Right now, you know, he's still following around, and just like Vince Scully said, he is a wild horse. And if he can get focused, he's going to be one of the best. But right now, in my opinion, as a former player myself, uh, he's got to be more disciplined. you got to be disciplined to be, be one of the best, you know. So that's all I believe about him. But let me tell you, he's a talent. Yeah. He's beast, you know. So uh, if he focuses, he's going to be one of the best. I want to ask you about another guy, a former Dodger. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's struggling this at the beginning of this season, but he, he's, he's, he's been a star every year. Signed a $50 million contract, I believe, in the offseason, and uh, that's D. Gordon, man. Uh, I, I like this kid. I like him a lot. I, I was so sorry to see him when the Dodgers uh, traded him, but he's playing for, uh, I believe, Tampa Bay now. Uh, I think we've talked about him in the past. Uh, do you follow, you follow him much, and uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts on him? I know B. He's a, he's great speed. He's he's you know, small. He's got a small frame and butt, but he's a he's a great he's a consistent player. You know, I mean, uh, if he can keep his numbers up, he's not gonna get you give you a whole lot of home runs, but uh, but I mean, he's a consistent player. And from from the defensive standpoint and speed on the bases, he, he's he's one of the best in the game. Yeah. But you know, he's got to get he's settled down. He's secured his money, and now he can focus. Yeah, I think he's going to do well. I think so too. Well, who, who are you liking this season, man? Are you, you, you're watching the the stand. I mean, we can't wait. You can't watch the Dodgers at home uh, around here, and because uh, they got this weird contract thing. Unless you got the one cable station, but I, I'm looking at the standings today. The Yankees are in the bottom of their division, which that doesn't really happen that often. And uh, you know, the Dodgers are Dodgers leading their division, and the Giants are in, uh, about a half game back. But the season's still young, but. Uh, Anybody out there that you got your eye on, you like uh, you, you, teams you like to see what they're doing, or, or what are you what are you what are you doing these days? I know you I know you're a big baseball fan. Well, here, here's the two teams that that, that, that I admire, and here's the two teams that everybody has to beat. You still have to beat the Giants. They're still in the they're in the National League West. They got to beat the Giants. That's and that's my National League team too. Yeah. Overall consistency over the last five years, Kansas City Royals. That's the American League in their division. In the American League overall, that's been consistent the last three years. Those are my teams. In terms of organizational-wise, because of what they do in their farm system and how they bring clubs and how they move them. So those are my two teams, and those are the two teams we went to, to be. Yeah. Well, A.D., uh, let's talk about the book a little bit, man. Uh, Kickoff Concussion, How the Notre Dame con- uh, Killer Recovered His Brain. Uh, you're big. Uh, you're one of the most outspoken people out there on the, on the CTEs and the traumatic brain injuries. you got your book out there covers uh, some of that and Dr. Amen and whatnot. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Well, the book is just doing fine, and uh, I go around and I talk about it. I know it's a touchy subject, but it has to be dealt with. I know I'm the only player, former player out there that really has a book out and really makes talks on it. But it's just something, you know, that you need to read about, understand it. If you play the game, know the consequences on all levels. And and, and, what I, and like I told you before, what we like to see, especially in the National Football League, is that, you know, take care of these former players who build the brand. I'm going to keep preaching that. I know it's repetitious, but that's what you have to do. And uh, 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 as you know, some of these players have all retired. You've had three. Uh, young men, uh, Calvin Johnson retired, Patrick Willis retired. I think this, uh, study, he's retired, retired already, or second year players. 
So it's it's an issue now, and you got to be aware of it, and you got to realize how long you can play. Just remember, when you put a helmet on your head, there's trauma, and uh, and you know, so of course, there's issues with brain trauma, not particular things in sports, especially football, and across the board, like with hockey, soccer, uh, MMA sports, boxing. Uh, you know, so the, the bottom line is, I'm gonna keep preaching this. It's a, it's a major issue. Uh, especially with youth sports, and I know that there's a lot of mothers and parents are concerned about the kids playing the game. But like I've always said, it's a great game, but it's a dangerous game, and you just got to be aware of it. Just know the consequences. And and only thing that I always say about hey, it's a great game, but also let everybody know there's some consequences to it. Yeah. And, and you guys need to know that you know, as skillful as you are, you know, you can your brain is not skillful. <laughs> It's an organ. And when the, when the brain quits and is injured, you have a problem. You won't be able to do anything. So you got to think about quality of life down the road, and uh, and that's what I'm advocating. I saw a, a report yesterday that, uh, I don't know, you know, China, uh, uh, Joni Lawler, the, the wrestler, she passed away last week, and uh, she she donated her brain uh for the to, to have it you know looked at for CTE, she, she uh, apparently she believed that uh, she may have suffered some uh, some brain trauma during those years of wrestling, and uh, so I guess uh, they'll be they'll be looking at her brain uh, soon. Well, anytime you have contact with man against man, woman against woman, just like that, there'll be some issues. With... So, uh, look, whenever you pound your head around this trauma, yeah, and. and... No one can. You there? Excuse me. I lost you. You said no one, and that was it. No, it, it, no. When you have brain trauma, AD. Yes. All right, there you are, man. Yeah. Well, brother, no, when you have brain, when you when your brain shakes, you have brain trauma. Right, and that's it. That's it, man. I hear you, man. So, hey, well, keep keep spreading the word. Keep people, uh, you know, keep it in the forefront, and, and we will we will assist you with that. And I think people need to be looked at. Uh, like you said, they need to they need to to do something for some of these guys, and 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 you know, we have like you you mentioned before, we got a lot of military guys coming back with with a lot of that stuff. So it's just it's worth taking care of your brain and, and having the scans done and and uh, protecting and treating these people who uh, who uh, go out there and do things for us and then come back with this uh, with this injury so well well first first of all you got to take care of the soldiers when they come back and you take their you put a red carpet off of them right. so uh, that's what I believe and I'm gonna keep advocating that as well yeah A.D., man, as always, a pleasure to chat with you, brother, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Okay, thank you very much. Take care, Swoop. All right, you too, brother. Anthony Davis, everybody, the great uh, one five-time national champion, two-time All-American out of USC. Always uh, always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with him and talk to him about what's going on in the world and, uh, you know, all those great things that, uh, you know, he's he's, he's involved in so much, and I, I really enjoy uh, hearing about some of those things, and uh, he's really big on, on on this brain stuff. And get his book; it's called K 
kickoff concussion, how the Notre Dame killer recovered his brain. You can uh, find it on Amazon and uh, uh, Lulu.com. If you can go to the front page of SwoopsWorld.com, uh, you can click on the image right there and it'll take you to it. We want to thank everybody for tuning in and uh, listening to us each week. And that's going to do it for us today. As we always say, dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 